Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for being here. We have a special guest today, Sean Dasani. We've had Sean on about six or seven years ago. Can't wait to see what Sean's up to now. Actor, activist, just have a great new article on the New York Times. Can't wait to hear about that. I was discussing earlier with a couple friends, what was your favorite movie of the year? Now, the Oscars are on tonight. For my personal pick, it's going to be 1917. I love that film. But I don't want to go too far. I want to. I want to ask Sean, how many movies has he seen? Does he like? Uh, does he like nineteen seventeen or, or whatever films you you want to you want to talk about? But the the interesting thing is that I must have seen Endgame about a thousand times, and nineteen seventeen once, and I still believe that it's the best movie of the year. So what does make it the best movie of the year? Rewatchability. Or the, the fact that it makes such a large impact on you that you don't need to see it a second time. That's kind of a confusing question and, and probably a confusing answer, I'll be honest with you. But it's surreal that you can watch like a movie like When Harry Met Sally a thousand times and still it won't be like an Oscar winning film. I see we have Sean on the line. Let's, let's bring Sean in here now that uh, everything's working. Hey, Steve. Sean, you there? Yeah. Oh, oh, here comes our audience right now. There you go. <laughs> Getting your applause. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> how you doing, Sean? <laughs> I'm doing good, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thank you very much. So you had a lot of things happen. Yeah. We haven't talked in, in about six years now. We, we did see each other at uh, On Your Mark Studios when I moved back to Los Angeles, but... Uh, I I, I, have, I don't know what's what's going on with you uh, lately, so let's let's get to that a little later on. So, Sean, t- tell me, where, where where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Los Angeles? No, uh, I actually grew up in a small military town called Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. And um, Fayetteville is because of the military base right next to it is considered like the fourth largest um, town or metropolitan area, whatever, in North Carolina. Uh, but that said, it was very much like a small town when I was coming up over there. Um, right. So nobody in my family is in the military. My dad, you know, my family's from India. And when my dad left India, he was about 17 or 18 when he got here. And he was a traveling suit salesman. So he went hmm. all over the country and he had two suitcases. He had one with his stuff. And then he had another suitcase that was just fabric. And he would go from big city to big city and go to different hotels and set up shops and meet his clients. And uh, he would make them custom-made suits. That's incredible. um, Of of all the places that he traveled to, that he went to, he always – because I asked him when I was a kid, I was like, why did you end up settling here? He said, well, this is the place that felt closest to home. So Hmm. that always blew my mind because I'm like, you're from India. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's so different than a town in the South, but he right. said that, you know, people <laughs> treated him like family. 
So right. uh, he'd get invited over for dinner, that type of thing. I think it was just kind of a warmth and southern hospitality, you know. Well, you know, North, North Carolina is commonly known as the, le- the the less racist of the Carolinas. So I, I can I can see why it's, you know, <laughs> a, lot, <laughs> a lot easier to take yeah. in a lot of things, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's got, look, in the last few years, um, the state's had a pretty bad rap, you know, um, mm. My personal experience was very different, and, uh, you know, I can only speak from my experience, but I, sure. I really did feel, and I continue to feel, like, even when I go back now, I'm like, people are genuinely very kind, very warm. Um, I remember, man, about four or five years ago, with my sister, my brother-in-law, and my little nephew, you know, we were driving down to Georgia, and my sister had just had a little baby, so we had, the, you know, my nephew with us in the car, and it's a different vibe, man. Like you travel down right. further south in the South Carolina and Georgia, we stop for gas, and we're like, "Let's get our gas and let's get on, <laughs> get on our way." Let's keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a different energy, right? So how how about how about your how about your mom? Was your would your mom come down with your dad, or was she here already, or what's that all about? You know, they had they had an unconventional story. So um, my mom is also from India, and the two of them are about eight years apart. So my dad came here about 17, 18, and he was doing his uh, business. He ended up settling in Fayetteville. And because there weren't a whole lot of Indians in town, like East Indians, right? Um, right. There's a lot of Native American community out there. But there wasn't a whole lot of there weren't a whole lot of East Indian folks. But he kind of knew everybody in town, so he knew my mom's uncle. My mom's uncle, um, she was teaching at the local university out there, so you know my dad got to know him. And so right. my mom comes to town. Um, by now, my dad's been here like six, seven years. My mom comes to town. She was probably sixteen or seventeen when she came. Wow. And uh, within a month or two. Um, she met my dad. So this is just, the story cracked me up, actually. My dad had, by then, he had opened a small shop in downtown Fayetteville, which was, again, small town. And my mom's uncle... Sean, let me interrupt you real fast. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, my my audience yeah. is having a hard time hearing you. Are you on headphones right now? I'm on Bluetooth. Oh, you're on Bluetooth? <laughs> because the, yeah. the major echo... Has- the major yeah. The major echo is, is having a little problem, but, but let's keep on going. Oh, I know what the problem is. You know what? I just moved. My apartment is pretty bare. I'm going to go into uh, <laughs> one of the rooms where I can close the door. How about that? Let's try that. Okay. It was, is it one of those, one of those you, when you moved in, was it one of those places that, you know, when you first start speaking, you can hear yourself from across the room because you, you didn't put down any, yeah. like, furniture and what have you? <laughs> There's nothing here. There, I have an air mattress, and that's about it. <laughs> Tell that's, me if this is any better. That's better. That's better. Yeah, how, yeah, how's it right here? Okay. That, that's much better. Please continue your story. So she was 16 okay, when she first cool. came so, down here. They met each other. He had a shop. He had a shop. So my, my mom's uncle tells her, hey, you know, go, go visit my friend's shop because, you know, he, so he sent my mom over there. My mom goes with her aunt. And my dad sees her walk through the door. And right away, he's like, he, he always says he heard the little bells ringing in his heart. He heard the, he heard the birds chirping. And my mom walks up to him and she says, Oh, hi, uncle. So oh. she, she refers to him as her uncle because she's like, well, this guy's my uncle's friend, so, and he's older. So, and he's oh. like, 
No. <laughs> I was so, there crying right there. <laughs> so he, you know, he fell in love. For him, it was love at first sight, and he always says that's the first and only time he ever felt that way. And right. um, and so within about a year or so, they got married because he, you know, he was he had his he had his game on. You know, he tried to learn what he could about her, and he right. found out she didn't know how to drive. And he mm. said, "You know what? I can teach you how to drive." So that's that's where he found his uh, that's where he found his inn over there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your father's got game, man! Look at that. <laughs> he's a smart guy. <laughs> he's not a he's not a stupid man. Now, are, are you are you an only sibling, or do you do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have uh, two sisters. One older, wow. one younger. I'm the I'm the middle child. Wow. And um, my older sister, she's only a year older. My younger sister is about four years younger. Uh, so I was always in school with my older sister. We were always in the same, you know, school. We were just one year apart. Right. But um, other than that, I do, I have a big family. So my dad has six siblings. Um, pretty much everybody has kids. So I, I grew up with a, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. You know, I grew up with a pretty big family. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll, so you you grew up with your two sisters. You guys went to school obviously together and what have you. So what was that? What was that like having your your you you being with your sisters and what have you in a school? Did you have just a regular upbringing, regular like like Martha Stewart kind of upbringing, or, or was it a little tough in high school? What was it like? Oh man, it definitely wasn't Martha Stewart. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is for anybody else, but that's not. I, it was strange. I mean. There was always this um, awareness of identity. So right. my life in school was very different than my life at home. I mean, I pretty much the first eight years of my life, we were in a small house. You know, um, it was my parents, my sisters, my grandparents. I had two aunts, one of my uncles. We all lived in the house together up the right. road, my aunt, my cousins, you know, they were in another house, you know, just, just right up the street. So there, it was always a pretty full house. And right. my first language was not English. My first language was actually a local dialect of India. Um, wow. And so I had to, I unlearned the language when I first started school. Um, you know, and I'm sure you pick up on things, watching cartoons, watching TV, that type of thing. But there was always this awareness that, you know, when I come home, even my accent's going to be different. Like, because I could hear the accent that right. kids would speak with in school. And then I'd come right. home and I'd, and I'd go back to my regular voice, you know. So I always felt like I was kind of performing just a little bit at school. So right. people wouldn't notice I was so different, you know. Right. Um, right. So it was a very, very interesting, you know, now as, I'm, as an adult, you know, I go back and I reflect on it. I'm like, it was very interesting and then something else would happen for me personally at the time which I had you know I didn't know how to explain or express or anything like that but you know I always thought as a kid I was a little boy so Hmm. my parents you know for all practical purpose had three daughters and I didn't realize till much later in life that I was actually trans like I knew it all along but I didn't have the words to express it now how old were you how old were you when you first now for me I grew up in the gay community and so I, okay. I know I, I know people know immediately. Trans is something yeah. that's a little that's a little different than that. So how do you how how and when did you know? I mean, you must have known at a very young age. 
Yeah, you know, I know everybody has a different experience, right? But like right. for me, it's like when you're first getting that message from the world about gender, you're probably three or four years old when that awareness starts happen, happening. Before that, it's like you're just, you're just floating around. <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> I remember at three, three or four, like, there was just no question in my mind. I just, I'm like, I'm a boy. Like, I just never questioned it. And hmm. um, I had a male cousin who was about three years older, and he was my male role model. And then I had my sister who was a year older, and she was my female role model. And I always, you know, as I got to be, I never thought much about it until maybe I was nine or ten. Um, and then I thought, okay, I, I feel like there's this expectation that I'm supposed to be more like her. But I right. gravitated towards everything, you know, that he was doing. And me and him, I mean, hmm. we'd get in trouble together. We'd do all kinds of, you know, mischief and all that stuff. Um but it, it just got harder, you know, the older I was getting. And then when puberty set in, that was like the big, like, okay, hang on a second. This is just not going the way that I thought it would go. You know, right. like your body starts to change and grow and develop. And, this, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I was, I was really scared. And I thought, okay, I can't, I can't physically magically just change, even though I prayed for that every night. You know, really? I, I grew up pretty, you know, with a spiritual, yeah, I grew up with a yeah, spiritual. I mean, you, had a, you had a family upbringing. Yeah. I mean, you, your family was tight knit. Um, it sounds like you had everything going for a first generation human being and still you're praying every night to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like wow. gender is kind of a big part of the world. You know? It is like huge. You, you yeah. Operate, if you think about you know, everything from childhood, it's like what, what sports you can and can't play, what, things are socially acceptable, the clothes that you wear, you know, everything is kind of rooted in, in gender. And right. I, I was quickly seeing, you know, by 12, 13, I don't know if that's quick, but I was realizing, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm only going to get older and right. these expectations are only going to get, you know, people are only going to let me be a tomboy for so long. So I've got to figure out a way to, um, so to speak, get on board. So, you know, during the day, I kind of observe the other girls in class uh, or my sister. And I, okay, so long hair, um, you know, uh, maybe more more feminine clothes, that type of thing. Walk a different right. way. I would analyze it so much, and I was I, I wasn't so focused on emulating. I was just kind of picking up the cues at that time because still nobody hmm. into well into my teenage years, nobody was really like even in school, nobody ever bullied me. Nobody ever. You know, I got along with people pretty well. Um, right. I was kind of a funny little kid, you know, relatively smart, got pretty good grades. So it's like no one really picked on me. Um, so right. I wasn't too, like, worried about that. It was as I was getting into college, you know, I was like, okay, my older, one of my older cousins had just gotten married. And they had, you know, my, it, it was a big family conversation. It was, a, you know, the whole family was involved. They found him a wife who, you know, is like kind of semi-arranged. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like online dating, but offline. So it's like you, you let your <laughs> sure. family know what you're looking for. You've got your aunties and uncles putting the feelers out there. Your grandparents, like thinking about people they met their entire life. And they're right. like, who's going to have a, a girl your age? And let's, you know, let's get you together for a meeting and see if you click that type of right. thing. So, right. um, so my, they had just you know, found a girl 
uh, for my male cousin, and, you know, the two of them had just gotten married, and I, I was just starting college, and I thought, oh, my God, they're going to look for a boy for me. And oh. first of all, I felt like a boy, but I also, I was attracted to girls. You know, there are mm-hmm. trans people that have the experience of um, uh, being attracted to, you know, uh, people who may identify as gay or poly or bi or however their experiences. For me, right. I was transgender, but I was, and I identified as a straight transgender person, like um, right. someone who was attracted to women and identified as male. Um, right. So the last thing I wanted at that time, like it was backwards. Everything was backwards. I'm like, okay, I'm biologically female, um, you know, and they're going to look for a male for me. So it's like, I've got to figure something out. So I that, is, I went that to, is frightening. Um, that is frightening. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I um, I did end up talking to my parents. I remember I was uh, just crying because I felt like uh, I felt like there was a mistake. You know, like I'm a huge mistake. Something is wrong. I definitely don't feel like other girls that I know. And um, you know, my parents were always very loving, but they could see the struggle. And they, you know, my dad had a friend in town who was a therapist, and he said maybe you should talk to my friend. Right. And so, um, I think I remember, that's fair. I remember, that's fair. Yeah, 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 it was fair. You know, this is the mid 90s, so we didn't have a whole lot of language for transgender right. at the time. And I had never nope. heard the word before. I had no idea that people physically transition. Um, right. Like, like I had heard the words sex change, it, hmm. but it sounded like something really dirty. You know what I mean? It sounded I, like something right. to be very ashamed of. And that's, that's all I knew, and I'd only heard it maybe once or twice in my entire life, and I, it, it just, it was like in my brain, and whoops, that's not for me, and then just completely out of my brain, you know, because well, I want to, that came with that term. Sure, yeah. I, I want to establish with my audience right away that transgender is not a 1990s issue. This has been going around for thousands of years. Transgenders have existed. Oh, my God. For, if you go look, look back at Roman times, my friends, Greek times, my friends, and you will see transgenders yeah. in that. That and to say that gay is a brand new concept as well is is repugnant and ridiculous. <laughs> so I just wanted right, to clear that up right. with my audience right now. It's not, not, it's not a 1990s issue, but definitely there was no language to speak of, of, of yeah. what you were going yeah. through. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, since, since the beginning of time, really, I mean, there have been people, all different kinds of people. And I think we've, we had somewhere along the way, we got into a society where it's like, there was a, uh, Nope, you know, all these rules set in and, and freedoms went away and we had to be, right. if we were going to be men, we had to be this type of man. If we were going to be women, we had to be this type of woman, you know. And uh, right. I, I love the time that we're in right now. I love where we're headed right now where it, it's, it's a little bit, you know, there's a lot of change happening. I know for some people that's challenging. It's like, wait a minute, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about trans people. All of a sudden these people right. are, you know, but change is going to be uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, was, I, I feel like we are, as a, as a globe, you know, we are giving birth and we are in a painful, like, birth-giving process. <laughs> and some of us want to go back. We're starting to regret, sure. I, I never got pregnant, da-da-da-da-da. You know, we're having all those kinds of emotions right now. Yeah. But, you know, whether we like it or not, like, we're birthing a new baby together and we've got to just right. figure it out. Um, well, people hate you know people just dis- people despise change. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's it's a hard thing. Change is tough. Yeah. 
Let's let's go back because you're you're, you're telling me about how yeah. you, you know, your your father wanted you to go to a therapist. You went to this therapist, and, and what what happened with that? Well, I remember the first time I sat down with him, and, and I'm really opening up for the first time in my entire life, you know, and I was right. got pretty emotional talking to him, and I was really afraid of, you know, the judgment and, and all of that stuff, and and he just said, I said, look, by the end of the conversation, he was like, what do you, what do you, how can I help, you know, and I said, I need you to make me, you know, just, I think I used the word straight. Because I didn't know what else to say, I was like, "I need you to make me straight," which meant. Wow, uh, you just like, broke my you, know, you just broke my you broke my heart by saying that. By the way, you just broke my. Yeah. I can feel my heart break as you said that. Oh man, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, was, well, what, did, uh, what did the doctor say to you? And I'll never forget this. Um, he had the kindest eyes, and he looked at me, and he said, "What would you?" what would you do if I couldn't do that? And I just said, you, there's no choice. Like, I don't have a choice. And um, he didn't say, he didn't say a whole lot more after that, but I I remember the softness and I remember the kindness in his eyes Mm. because he knew what a lot of us as a nation didn't know at the time. Right. He knew that there was nothing wrong with who I was. Right. And mm-hmm. he's got this kid, you know, this teenage kid in his office who's lost and really knows that this is going to be a lifelong struggle if we don't figure something out. Um, right. So I, I could I could feel that empathy in his eyes, and I just thought, you know, I don't know, but you're the doctor. You, you've got to do something. I went to him maybe three or four times, and this was the summer before I started. Um, actually, this was the summer after my freshman year. I was in, at NC State in Raleigh, and I was transferring to another school because I, I had thought part of the reason why I want to transfer is because I needed a little bit of space from my family. I needed a little bit of space from the people that had watched me grow up my entire life. Right, um, right. Just so I could figure yeah. it out to, because you know, yeah. they're they're essentially the identity police, so they, they they're the, they're the mirror that reflects back on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and it's very hard. You know, it, it's hard to suddenly become a different person, or try to become a different person, or even explore around people who you're right, who who've been watching you your entire life. So. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, you don't want anyone making comments. You just kind of want to do what you want to do. But um, right. But I transferred schools. I went. Uh, I went to a school in Norfolk, Virginia, called Old Dominion, um, and I started seeing a therapist over there. And you know, oddly enough, the first time I sat with him, it was a very different experience. You know, he he was like, okay, you know, um, I'm gonna try. And you try, know, he would try, tell me. Uh, try to make me feel more uh, female identified and someone who's attracted to boys. Oh, good luck with that. And, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, right. I, so I remember, yeah. man, I, I would, I lived in the dorms and I would go every week and go see him and talk to him. And I'd come home and I had this huge crush on the girl down the hall. Um, I, I was, I was like, okay, this isn't working. <laughs> this, his advice, 
his stuff here isn't working. I went maybe five or six times, and then I was like, that's it. We're shutting this down. Yeah. Yeah. Operation B Street is getting shut down here. Operation Straightening Me Out is is getting a little curved. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At some point, you know, at some point you got to just get get real. I mean, it's not like I was ready to acknowledge it, but I was ready to stop fighting it so hard. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's tough, dude. It's like you're, you're going to class, you're in school, you're here to figure out your entire future, what you want to study, you know, what you want to get really good at, what, what you want to kind of explore, like interest. Like I, was, I, I picked up a minor in film studies. I was really, you know, wanting to explore other things about, you know, the world and myself. And, and every time I'd step out of the dorm and walk to class, my mind was kind of analyzing the way that I walk. Am I walking feminine enough? Am I walking, you know, are people, how are people reading me? Do they, you, you know what I mean? Are my clothes right. this way or that way? And it's like, yeah. you just, you don't want to stay. Like I, I was in a place where I didn't want to stand out in, in a way that I felt like was negative. You know, I wanted to kind of blend in and all of that, but it was, it was tough, you know, um, somewhere, somewhere along the way. So senior year of college, I had a good, good friend. You know, I had by then a, a good circle of friends. Hadn't really right come out to anybody and uh, a buddy of mine he was from Malaysia so it was a huge international student population which I loved like getting to meet people from all over the world one of my best friends was from Japan um, nice. and you get exposed to all these different types of energies and, and different cultures and so my friend from Malaysia you know we're at, we're at a, a house party towards the end of my senior year and we're sitting there and we're talking and he says by the way, I know. And <laughs> I was like, what do you know? What are you talking about? He was like, I know, and we all know, and we love you anyway. And, <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you tell me that you knew? It was like such a, it was a huge relief because it was the first time that I ever – you know, felt seen and right. I felt loved at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. And that's such a powerful thing. And I think from then on, it was like, oh, th- you can you can do this. Like, there are people in your life that are going to love you and see you. Like, you don't have to hide who you are. You no. Know? No. So, None in this world the way it is today. No, you don't. Yeah. We, we're going through another golden era. Let me, let me ask you a question. When you went back to tell your family, after all that you've made the decision, how was that like? Well, you know, so at the time, I still didn't understand transgender really. No, I just knew it right. was okay for me to pursue, you know, my, my feelings for women. And so I, you know, I had a girlfriend not too long afterwards. And then was that the so girl you had the crush told, on? No, <laughs> no, different girl, different girl. Yeah, <laughs> that never panned out, but that's okay. That's okay. That uh, that would have broken my heart. <laughs> so you were saying that uh, is something you never never said before. Were you saying? Um, uh, yeah. So I I hadn't really told my family, and I never told them when I was dating people, like. Yeah. You know, and I was lucky because I, you know, there was a little bit of a, a distance. Like I was in Virginia, I was finishing up college, I was seeing somebody, you know, my family was in North Carolina. I didn't have to, I could hide that. I could kind of keep that to right. myself. Um, 
And and after college, so actually, nine uh, eleven happened right as I was graduating. So um, I, my plan yeah. had been to move to New York uh, and work with this filmmaker I just met up in New York because I wanted to really get more into film. And then nine eleven happened, and I thought, okay, I can't. Like I was terrified, and I didn't want to move right. up that way. And I think we had we had a huge shift um, racially uh, in our country at the time. Right. The way, the way uh, brown people were being looked at was, you know, it yeah. changed everything really. So it did fast. So, yeah, it 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 really did. I uh, I ended up going back down to North Carolina. Um, hmm. So I worked there for about a year and a half. I got, you know, I was doing marketing work actually for small businesses out there, and then I I was like, you know, I can't spend the rest of my life here. I know there's more LGBTQ people. I, and I and I think they're in bigger cities. So I've got to either get to New York, which I was too scared to go, or I've got to get to Los Angeles uh, or San Francisco. I mean, those are the places that I felt like I, I needed to somehow figure out a way to go. And I started applying to film school. And because um, I got a minor in film, I, I got a ma- I majored in business and marketing, and I okay. minored in film studies. And nice. uh, as I started applying to schools, I didn't really say anything to anybody until I got in. And once I got in, I got into my my LA based schools or my you know Southern California based schools, and I didn't get into any of my East Coast schools. So, um, so that was my out. You know, that was my right. way to kind of just get into a bigger city and also just start exploring you know that artistic creative side that I that felt like natural to me. Um, so this this whole time, so, your family doesn't really know like what you're going through. No, I still really hadn't said anything. Like I had told my sister, I told my sister I like girls. I had, uh, I told my cousin. Um, I and you know my parents knew, but it's not like we really talked about it. You know what I mean? Right. We, we, um, we're, we're first generation. You and I are both first generation, so I think we understand like hiding certain things from from our families. But you know, they often see things that we don't see when we're that young, and they see it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that that's an interesting thing, and that that's such an interesting thing. So just to bring you fast forward way later down, by the time I got to California, I, I went to Chapman yeah. for film school, which is in Orange County. Um, right. I didn't really start exploring my gender identity, you know, in on a in a more honest and deeper way until and right around the time that you and I had our last interview. So it was like twenty thirty. Wow. 20, 2011, 2012, when I first yeah. started, like, really, really looking at it. And when I did, um, I remember it was 2012 is when I changed my name, you know, and I didn't do anything. I hadn't gone on any kind of physical change at the time, but I knew where I was headed. And right. um, I ended up, you know, changing my name and when I told my family, you know, when we started talking about, you know, gender transition, first of all, it was very terrifying for my mom, my dad too, but he was pretty good about mm, kind of keeping that, not putting that on me, basically. Right. Um, my mom was terrified and, 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 uh, but I told him, like, don't you remember when I was a kid, like, you know, at, at weddings, at my auntie's wedding, when I was eight, I wore a tuxedo, like, you know, <laughs> It, you know, and we kind of looked at like all the little things, you know, and as a parent, yeah. you know, my mom would, she just felt like there was something that she had done 
what didn't do right. as a parent. You know, she she put right. a lot of blame, and I had to I had to tell her, look, this isn't you. This is not on you. This is just, it was always like that, you know. And sometimes she'd feel a little lighter, you know, and in her moments of like lightness or after like hours of conversation where she would kind of laugh and she was like, yeah, yeah, I remember, like. Oh, yeah, I remember, you know, before you were born, the doctors told me you're going to have a little boy. And I told them, you know, and then you came and you were a girl. And I was like, wait, what? What? The doctor told you <laughs> you were supposed to have, that you were going to have a, a boy? Kid, you know, so she was like, oh, yeah, like so casually. Right. I'm like, whoa. Right. You know, but there's so much we don't know. You know, we don't know about, you know, the genetics. We don't know about the, you know, the brain composition or like, well, how, well Sean, if yeah. I can share a little story with you, you know, you know, Cher, uh, who's like the gay goddess, yeah. you know, even when, when she yeah. found out her daughter was <laughs> when she found out her daughter was gay, the first question she asked was, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Uh-huh. What should yeah. I have done? It's a, she was very, very honest with how she, what she first felt and understood later on how kind of arrogant that that statement was based upon you know yeah like like you can somehow change somebody or make somebody into something which is virtually impossible people are, people are going to be who they're going to be but yeah. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an abnormal thing to say what did I do right you're right it's, yeah. it's hard to unless you're in that experience. I can right. empathize because I'm like, if I hadn't had this experience, I don't know how challenging it might have been for me to understand. But I'm like, I went through it. Right. I'm going through it. Right. So I get it. You know what I mean? Um, right. But yeah, I, I always marvel at how my parents were so, you know, they, of course they went through their struggle. Of course they went through their challenges with it. But at the end of the day, they, they knew the most important thing was to be loving and supportive parents. And that's what they right. did. I think some of the problems are is that, you know, your life does sound twice as difficult as, as anybody else because you, you, you have to suffer through a denial period, an acceptance period, wanting to change. In fact, you can't. You're going through so many different things, so many introspective moments. I can see why parents would, would not for any other reason but be protective over their child and kind of go, I don't want my child to go through all these uh, all these hoops just to be a human being. Steve, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think you're right. I think obviously, like from a parent's perspective, um, you want to. I mean, your instinct is your natural instinct is to protect your child. Right. And uh, that was going through something they had never experienced or had the words for themselves or seen before. Um, so they, you know, it was uncharted territory for them, but they, they did a great right. job, I think. And they awesome. continue to like learn and, and grow and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, very lucky in that way. Well, look at you now. I mean, you, you've done so many different things. I mean, that's shocking to me when, when we first were speaking that you were going through a, your transition back then. I remember getting a lot of uh, news from that radio broadcast that we did together where people were saying like, congratulations to me, or that was very brave. And it was like, what are you talking about? Like I I genuinely did not understand like what people were talking about. It's like, no, this person's insanely brave. This person coming on the radio is, is, is brave with the way they're speaking is brave. It's not brave to, to bring somebody on that's, to what you consider is different and have them explain themselves. That that's, that's liberating. 
it's liberating to listen yeah. to somebody and explain themselves because there's not a lot. We don't know everything. We don't know everything. I mean, you can accept trans all you want, but to understand it is to have true empathy. So your friends yeah. accept your your friends definitely accepted you. Later on, your family definitely you know saw your suffering and, and, and went on your side. When did you truly feel like I am on the right path? Uh, it was probably 2012, 2013, somewhere, mm. somewhere around there. Um, nice. I'm going to get a little personal, actually. So, sure. you know, well, all of this is personal. <laughs> but, it's all um, very, this is all very personal, but please, <laughs> please tell me more. <laughs> no, no, up, up until this point, it's been very surface level stuff. I'm, no, <laughs> no. Um, you know, so I, I grew up like very like spiritually grounded, right. and so the path that we that we follow that we that I grew up with it's based out of northern India, and we have a living teacher, we have a guru, right? So there's all these right. books and texts, and and the books are based in pretty much every religion. Like I can pick up a book, and I, I'll see anything from Christianity to Buddhism to you know Islam, um, Hinduism. I'll see like. All, all the religions are present in, in any of our books. Um, but the teaching of the guru is based out of northern India. So are, are, you, are, you guys, are you guys Baha'i, Sean? Say that again? Are you guys Baha'i? It's similar. It's not Baha'i, but it's similar. There, okay. I, I read a bit about Baha'i and it's the, some of the teachings. And I see a lot of spiritual paths have very similar teachings. Um, right. For us, there's only a few things that we really do believe in. We, you know, we're vegetarian. Um, we the we don't take you know we're not supposed to take drugs or any kind of mind altering drugs that you know um, right. just to stay as present as possible and then lead a good be be honest don't try to cheat people and then you know you're supposed to meditate two and a half hours every day which wow that's something to work up to and that's only once you've really kind of chosen the path and and committed to it for yourself and, and feel like this is a thing for you. Um, but again, it's something that you, you work up to. You can't just start on that. I mean, as you, you probably know, it's very hard to just like focus your mind. Right. Right. But we, we have a living teacher. Um, and my parents were like, you know, maybe we should talk to him about this before you do anything. And um, I was very adamant that I didn't want to, because I was afraid that I, I just wanted it to be my decision, and mm. I was afraid that that somebody would reflect back to me that uh, this is wrong, and I didn't want to have that. I, I didn't want to believe that, and I didn't want to think that. But right. um, but I knew that if I didn't, it'd be very challenging for my parents to support me. You know what I mean? Like uh, I knew it'd be tough, so I said, okay, let's go. So we went out east, and we had an opportunity to meet with him and sit down and, you know, face-to-face and talk to him. And it was my mom and dad and myself and our guru. We were just sitting in this, you know, small, you know, living room. And um, I had written this letter, like two pages of how I had felt. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my nerve unless I write it down. And so I just, I wrote down everything of how I felt since childhood and all that stuff. And um, by the time I was done reading it, he just sat there and he looked at me because I think my last question, you know, my last thing that I wrote, my closing statement was, 
is this wrong? And, like, am I doing something spiritually wrong if I wanted to transition? And right. he just, he was, the first thing that he said is, he was like, you know, I, I think if you decide to move forward, I don't think people will really have that big of an issue with it. And it was hmm. so simple and so kind of casual and breezy and cool. And I was like, yeah, just like that. Like this thing that's that insane, I'm that's insanely my breezy. Life. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like live your, you live know? your best life. Yeah. Pretty much. That was pretty much it. And I think, and that was, a, it was a tough thing. Cause I think my mom was hoping for something like a bit of a different answer. And then right. I think it became really challenging. You know, it was scary for her and, and for my dad. Um, but I think it was also helpful for them to know that this is, and he said very clearly that this is not a question of right and wrong. So like, hmm. don't, don't think that this is a question of right and wrong. This is That's the guru, the guru who said this. Our, yeah. Our guru was saying this and he was wow. like, whatever, this is your decision and whatever you decide, any decision one way or another is going to have its own set of consequences. So right. in the sense that it's not like you do this and all of a sudden you're just happy. You're still going to have your own set of challenges. And that's very true. It's very true. Wow. Um, that's very it wise. Took the weight off. Yeah, it took the weight off. And, mm. um, and from that point forward, I started letting myself really uh, learn what was going to be involved if I wanted to move forward with like a physical transition, you know. Hmm. So uh, is, is that is that yeah. something you want to go through? Do you want to go through that physical transition? Well, I mean, you've I, already I've gone, gone through. through. Yeah, yeah, you've already gone yeah, through. Yeah, you know, so tr- yeah. I mean, well, trans people, you know, just to be clear, like for your audience, like I, yes. uh, I know there's a lot of confusion about this in terms of like yes. pronouns and you know when is someone trans? When do we call them? You know, mm-hmm. he or she or whatever. You know, they. Right. Or when do we? So. My my belief and what a lot of people in our community are asking for is like, look, if someone says they identify as male or female and they want he pronouns or she pronouns or whatever they say, or they pronouns, it's like whatever they say, let's just respect that because right. the opposite is basically saying, I don't see you. I don't trust that you know yourself. Like I know you better than you know yourself and I don't even know you. You know what I right. mean? And it's like, I know exactly what you you're, mean. You're, yeah. And it's like, how does a person move in the world? I'm talking about simple things, like just going to the grocery store, just, you know, and feel constantly feel invisible, constantly feel unseen. It really, <clears throat> really takes, it takes a toll on you, you know? Right. So, um, you know, and a lot of people do, uh, or don't physically transition either by choice or because of maybe economic means or, right. you know, maybe being afraid of getting fired or losing family. So a lot of people just can't physically transition because of their own circumstances or maybe choose not to because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot on your right. body physically and maybe don't, don't want to take those steps. But I think right. still it's like if somebody says, you know, this, this identity fits, these pronouns fit, um, you know, I, I'm of the mind to respect that, you know. Right. You know, I've been a teacher for 30 years. The last time we spoke, we were, I was at my school and I was, uh, you know, I had my show with you before I, I went and t- taught my class. And I, I have so many trans people in my, in my existence right now, so many trans people in my life right now, no, 
is, is specifically a, a great person because she's going to be on the show next week. But she's a very young girl that looks up to a, a lot of people who's going through that transition right now. And it, it's very difficult for, for young people, but it's much easier for young people when they have people like you to look up to. People who took a stance, people who went through the, the washer and went through the dryer and, and, and pushed back against the system and actually stayed who they are. They stayed true to who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I think you're right. Um, a big part of this was, yeah, having supportive friends and family. But I think when I met other trans people, hmm. It was like, wow, wow, there's more of us. There's like, oh, there's yeah. so many of us. <laughs> there's um, so many. Man, yeah. it's, yeah. And, it, and it's this so world is fantastic. because if you think about it, yeah, it really is. Like, look, when we're little kids, you know, our, some of our first reflections of like our own possibilities are in the media. Obviously, with like, right. you know, we've got our we've got our communities and stuff right there. But in the media, when we're watching like film and TV, we're like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me right there. Oh, yes, yes. I totally like, you know, we see these images or these characters and we align with them. And I've never seen, you know, a trans person in the media, like openly trans person or trans character. And we're at that place now where we're starting to see more. And it's, dude, it's so, it's so amazing because I think. The beauty of that is from younger ages, we can see those reflections and then we can kind of just not feel so alone, not feel sure. so, um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a very empowering thing. It's a very empowering you know, thing I, if I can share with you my, my personal story, I, I remember I was hanging out with my, my yeah. friend who, who was working at, at a place. He had his own place. We'd, I'd go over there every Sunday for a year. We would play video games. I'd help out as guests. We'd go back, we'd play. I went to, excuse me, my family went to, uh, out to uh, like Deutschland, brought me back some great gifts and what have you. And I handed out the gifts to the people at, at the place. Well, he wanted every gift that was male-based. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm like, you know, is there, is there a reason why you want this? Not even I want this. And he goes, oh, well, I'm gay. I'm like, you are? He goes, we're best friends we've been together for a year now. We've been hanging out. You don't know that I'm gay. And I'm like, no, you've never hit on me, nor have you ever discussed it. Why would I know that you're gay? He's like, wow, it must be great to live in your world. And I'm like, it is <laughs> because <laughs> why, why would I, why, why would I say anything to you or even assume anything from you? Aren't we just friends? Isn't, isn't that just the way it is? And if you wanted to tell me, you would tell me, which you never did. Maybe you might, it might, maybe you might have slipped it by my my head, but it doesn't register because I don't really care. Does that make oh, sense? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, does. it doesn't matter. You I mean, I grew you, you like I told you. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. Go ahead. No, I grew up in the gay yeah. community. For me, it was like, yeah, you were gonna be a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. like, yeah, and nothing's gonna nothing's gonna change. So it doesn't really matter to me what what the hell you are. It's like you know, just I, I hope you're in your best place. I hope you're happy because you're a friend of mine. But other than that, your sexual proclivities are, are your own personal business. I mean, just like mine are. I mean, I'm not going to tell you my secret sexual proclivities because then I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're on the air, we should probably not. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, throw yeah. the beans. But no, that is a, that is a weird thing. Yeah. So, anyways, so you went you went through these you went through these changes. And and you're going through these transitions. What else? What else do we do? We 
is, are there some misconceptions about trans that, that perhaps you want to make clear? Misconceptions. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to, you know, I'm sure there are tons of them, but you know, I, a friend of mine just got back from Sundance and he had, uh, he has all the like screener links and he shared, we just watched one uh, a couple of nights ago and the documentary is called Disclosure. And right. uh, Disclosure is uh, the director's name is Sam Fetter, who's a trans uh, director. And um, this is such a fascinating documentary because there's so much in there I didn't know. But it looks at the history of uh, trans and um, gender variant representation in cinema. And since the beginning of cinema, we've had this. You know what I mean? So the earliest right. films from like 1904, oh, yeah. we had footage in there from 1904 of how um, uh, either, you know, cross-dressing or transgender or, you, you know, mean gender like, variant you, representation. You, you mean like Bugs Bunny or Tom and Jerry? Oh, <laughs> yes. Also, he had clips from Bugs Bunny in there, too. It's so That's my favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's oh my, my favorite episode. I killed the wabbit. I killed the wabbit. <laughs> and he's, he's like coming down on this huge white horse with you know the the the, the yellow the yeah. yellow hair, and it's it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. That's amazing that you remember it that clearly. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's you know, and he takes us back from yeah the early days of cinema all the way to today, like what's happening right. today, and um, and not just the actors that are present uh, now, but also just the representation that we've had and why some of the things that we've seen have been so difficult and so problematic, you know, and he, he unpacked all of that for us. And I, I was, you were, you were saying this, um, either, I think earlier today, you were like, what makes a, what makes a great movie? What makes your favorite film? Is it something that right. resonates with you that you only watch one time? Or is it something that you can watch over and over? Right. You know, I don't know, but uh, this, it resonated so deeply. And I thought, even as, as a trans person, it's like, I, I don't, there's a lot of this. I didn't realize and uh, I'm so grateful to have, like, other creatives, you know, in the industry right. right now that are also, you know, badasses and just doing it, you know. And right. and we all, I think we all, we're trying to be as supportive as we can of each other because it's hard enough as a creative. I think it's actually harder, like, navigating this industry is probably even a little sure. harder as an actor. And then as a person of trans experience, like, going along either path, like, it's, you know, it's tough. Um, Why well, I, I, I definitely think that I think I definitely think the Wachowskis, you know, making as much yeah. money as they did, making such great films, allow their transition to be a lot easier for people to back off, because they were so successful and they were so they seemingly oh. happy and what have you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's an, I'm, I'm just listening to you. That's very interesting. Yeah, go ahead. No, it was it, so for me. I, you know, I, I saw it as people absorbing and accepting information based upon what they perceived as as happiness in somebody and comfortability with who they were. And since they had such a high status, there weren't a lot of people that could actually say anything negative about it because these are all films that people want to watch. These are directors that everybody loves. So there was a, there was a certain kind of like you know uh, you know Rock Hudson. Uh, who cares that he's gay because he's such an amazing actor kind of perspective. Do you agree? Isn't that interesting, though? It's so yeah. interesting, though. It's like, 
there's a lot wrapped up in what you just said because it's making me think it's like, you know, because because they had achieved something, right? Sudden, I mean, it was okay for them. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, right. it it shouldn't be that way. But I get what you're saying. Like, there's a lot yeah. tied to that level of um, achievement or success in one's life. And we're like, oh, but like even with Ellen. I mean, with when Ellen came out, like oh. in the mid '90s, right? Like she had her sitcom, but she was nowhere right. near the celebrity she is today. Nowhere near and it at the time. Right, and so like the pushback that she got, I mean, she was kind of ostracized. So well, she got, demo- she, she, got like, de- she got demolished. I mean, they dis- yeah. they went really after her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting though, and it's like but, she had to overcome so much to be where she's at today, and that's like she's untouchable today because she yeah she she worked for it, but yeah, I mean. You know, Steve, imagine, though, if that was our mindset as a society from the beginning, that you can right. be who you are. You right. don't have to prove all these other things. We're just going to take you for who you are. So you could begin, you could begin your life as somebody who already knows you're loved and accepted. What are all the amazing things you can achieve when you can just take that part out of the, out of the equation? You know what I mean? Right. Well, let me let me ask you a serious question. That's I would yeah. say a little controversial. So there's two there's two females that that are trans that go to school. They're they're in their high school, going to college years, and they're runners, and their muscle mass is very much like like the like Serena and Venus Williams. So they're very strong. So the argument is is should you allow people that have not gone through the transition of like hormonal change allow them to be in sports? against a female or a female group that is much lesser in a lot of ways than they are. So that, that, that was the controversy that's been going around for, for a little while now. How do you, how do you feel about that? Dude, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, and I feel like it's a complicated, it's a very it complicated answer for me. You know, I saw mm. uh, another doc last year called changing the game. It mm. was a, it was about uh, athletes uh, who identify as transgender, and that, that's the very thing they touched on. And so, like, when they talked to these people who really loved the sport that they were in and wanted to just be seen for who they are, it made a lot of sense to me to let them compete right. in the category that they felt like they should be competing in. And I sure. see the flip side of that as well. I see the, the you know, especially when you're talking about a you know, like with runners, right? With uh, right. Um, a women's running team, biologically there are differences. I mean, I you know with testosterone, my body has changed. Um, right. You know, and I I can lift a little bit heavier than I was before. Even even on a smaller dose of testosterone, like hormones are powerful. Um, right, they are. Yeah. So you know, I feel like it's uh, it is a complicated answer. I, and right. I don't know that I have. I can see both sides of it, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we can solve this right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's worth having the conversation, and I think it's worth yes. also for for people who are on either side, who are very you know very clearly feel one way or another. I feel like right. it's really important to just be open to both perspectives and try and arrive at something that hopefully works. 
You know, I'm glad you said that because there's a lot of people that believe that, you know, it's best to stay quiet about these things. We we kind of live in a cancel culture now. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, people have a tendency to take sides. And if you're not part of the LBGTQ community, a lot of times you might get pushed back. It's like you don't have any right to talk about it. So it's a very difficult subject to bring up because I know a lot of people are very feisty about these subjects and what have you. So it's, 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 it's not easy to solve them uh, because trans is coming into its own right now as, as part as a new people are understanding what trans are going through. I'll give you a good example. I, I went to a, a movie festival re- very recently and I had zero idea how to, how to talk to a human being who, who was, she's going through her transition. She's around six foot four. She felt, she looked a little uncomfortable in her own skin. And I had no idea how to, how to talk to her uh, because I have a particular face and, and she didn't seem interested in talking to me, but it was one of those things of like, I, I don't know how to talk to somebody who doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin, regardless of a, whatever sexual proclivity you have. Does that make sense to you? I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, it, it is tricky. Uh, one thing that I try to do, so for all practical purposes, when I enter a space now, people just mm-hmm. read me as a male because, right. you know, my body's taking the testosterone a, a certain way. And it's like, if you don't know me and you don't know my history, you're just going to make the assumption that I was always, you know, male. And, um, and so when I'm in certain spaces and I see people that I'm like, oh, I, you know, we've got our queer dar, we've got that radar, mm-hmm. we can kind of see each other a little bit, but for <laughs> people won't necessarily see me as a part of the community anymore if they don't know me, right? right? But if I see right. somebody else, like if I'm at like a film event or a networking thing and I'm like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure this person identifies within this queer community and, yeah. you know, maybe they're feeling a little uncomfortable, I really try and, you know, what I what I love is you you're a host, you know, and I have yeah. a I have a background in hosting as well. Yeah. And uh and I try and use that hosting energy to, you know, kinda make them feel welcome and make them right. feel safe. And so it's just a matter of kinda, you know, person to person, just connect, hey, how are you? Uh how's right. the evening going for you? You know, that type of thing and and not really make it so much about putting the spotlight on them as a person, just kind of noticing, okay, as a person, they're probably feeling a little uncomfortable right now. And I get that, you know, maybe I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, I know we're, we're in that space right now where a lot of people don't want to say the wrong thing. So they don't say anything. And, you know, I get that. I've been there. Um, But, you know, I think the, probably the brave thing to do is to try and see each other as people and say, you know, what brings you out tonight? You know, how do you hear about the event? You know, you're right, Sean. Yeah. yeah. The other way, the way, the other way is a little cowardly. I, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. We get there, right? You know, we, we've got you, 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 you have to push. Yeah, yeah, you have to push through. For me, you know, I, I definitely have that feeling, but I don't want to say anything wrong. And I, I certainly don't want to yeah. offend, offend anybody. So, you know, I, sure. you know, and I, I can come across as a little strong and a little abrasive. You know, I, I'm one of those kind of, sure. kind of, you know, host. So I, I don't want to do that to, to a human being who's feeling uncomfortable. It's like, I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable. I, have, I always haven't been this human being. I went through my own transition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I know what you mean. And I, I think that, uh, look, right off the bat, you can recognize, like, you're aware that they're feeling uncomfortable. So you probably approach it with a little bit of a different energy, right? Right. Um, 
what's cool is like you have that creative artistic background. You're, you're a very in tune person with people, you know, and, and you're, you're a host. So yeah. these are all things that I think work in your favor to just kind of like, all right, how do I make this a comfortable experience? And <laughs> sometimes you, you want to try and sometimes it's like, you know, you gotta, if you're not there, you're not there, you know? Um, well, let me let I me ask you about. You, I love that you brought that up. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you know, I know, I know, I wanted to bring that up because you know, it, it doesn't doesn't feel right to have you on the show and have you not represent all perspectives of the of the conversation. It's it's you know what I mean. It's it's like I want to talk mm-hmm. to you about all these things, and, and we have a huge audience right now that's listening in, and they're begging questions to be asked. But for me, I, I want to ask questions that are just honest, that are just clear and, and precise and, and give you as, as, as much um, security as you, as you, as you can have, but that's what I do for any guest. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell, so tell me, so when you were going through your, your transitions, so your, your friends accepted you right away, but when you were going through your further transitions, like growing out a beard and what have you and going through your hormonal changes, how were they after that? You were they about excited like my for you? Friends and family? Yeah. Friends and family. Were they excited for you? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah man. The uh, the beard was something that was like such a. <laughs> I love my damn beard. I don't know how else to say it. I love my <laughs> facial hair. I love shaving it. I love I wearing know, it I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know what you it. mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love, <laughs> I've never had a conversation like this with another human. So you really, love, I love my beard. I love my beards too, man. I, I love shaving. I couldn't wait when I was a kid to shave. So I would, so that was the same thing for you, huh? You just couldn't wait to shave and grow a mustache. And... Dude, the scruff, I love like, you know, I put like little oils in it and stuff. Like, you know, I want it soft. <laughs> I, I, I'm obsessed with it. I, I could go on and on about my, about my facial hair. <laughs> oh my like, God. Uh, tell me you're not going to buy that pack. I think I, I tell my family, I'm like, look, I don't, I don't want birthday gifts. I don't want Christmas gifts. I just love that I have facial hair now. We're all good. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I, I, I see you as having like that waxing mustache stuff and then like those, those, you know, where you, where you buy them like once a month and they have those perfectly shaven razors and what have you. Like that's what I would do. About it. You know what I'm like for me, I need yeah, yeah. I, I need a bushwhacker for my beard. So, oh, I, oh, man. I, yeah. I, do you have, do you have a tough beard or do you do you have kind of a light beard? I mean, no, you're it's Indian. Light. It's light. I, really? Dude, I I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's light. It's not like a it's not like a thick thick intense beard. But I do know this. All right, look. So grooming, my whole grooming game has come. <laughs> it's, it's so intense now and I'm like I didn't do like one fourth of the things I do now with, with like grooming and you know natural health care right. I'm very much a natural health care person I don't sure. I don't like to go to like say Target or Walmart and get like the chemical products like I'm not into it I'm like I will pay that I'm that guy that buys the $12 shea butter you know whole oil style. <laughs> That's like. what I was implying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally that guy. <laughs> I was implying that you did. But, <laughs> I mean, I would. I mean, I waited my whole life for this. I'm like, I'm going to I mean, I'm gonna milk it. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna milk it. <laughs> take care of this like it's a like it's a brand new sports car, you know. I'm like treat this good. 
<laughs> well, you have one of those really great, uh, you know, what's the, the guy from The Matrix? What's his name? Uh, Keanu Reeves. You definitely have one of those very light Keanu Reeves beards. Where I I wish oh, yeah. I had a beard like that, where it shows up like that, and it almost looks like it's handmade, and it's really beautiful. Like I try <laughs> I try that. I look like a goofball. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! I've never heard that before. Handmade. <laughs> yeah, it, it, hey, you know what I mean? It's like it looks like hand carved, like off somebody's chiseled yeah. face. Like Leonardo DiCaprio has a has a beard like that too. It's like what what in the world are you doing? I, I don't understand what you're <laughs> like for me. I, you know, I grew up my beard and I love my beard, but I, I look like a, a, a homeless Santa Claus. So, oh so, man, no! <laughs> it doesn't grow yeah, in this. But you know what? Though, there's, there's <laughs> yeah, all these guys right now. But even like there are all these guys with these big, thick, like beards. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? And I'm like, I yeah. kind of look at those. I'm like, geez, I need to get at them. Big, you know. <laughs> I, I don't it's just know genetics, what. Right? It's just like it's, it's just genetics. You know, for, for me, I, unfortunately, I, I think I wanted hair on my face so badly. Uh, the universe was like, yeah. okay, there you go. <laughs> so there before we go on, so please, please tell me about the the the, the, the New York uh, uh, Times interview that you had. I mean, I loved yeah. reading it. I loved everything about yeah. it. Please, please tell our audience about that. So this, this just came out in this last week, uh, February 5th. I mean, uh, it, it's New York, New York Times. It's T Magazine, which is their style edition. And uh, the writer of the article reached out randomly back in the summertime uh, and, and emailed me. I mean, I think found me, Googled me, and they wanted to do a piece on trans men who are actors. And uh, they reached out, and they just sent me an email. And, and when I saw it, I was like, New York Times? I was like, who, who am I to be anything on the New York Times? You know what I mean? And sure. but it was legit. And um, we had a great interview. Um, and, and so the piece talks about how, you know, lately we've had a lot of rep- uh, visibility for the trans community and media. But trans men, we haven't seen a whole lot of representation for the trans male perspective. And they talked to me and they talked to um, a handful of other amazing actors and performers that are, um, that are uh, you know, getting, getting great roles and better, better developed characters in media. And, uh, and so Brian Michael Smith and Leo Shang, who are both on the L Word, uh, Theo Germain, who is on The Politician, Scott Goldfield, yep. who is on a, he was in the soap opera, who's on Hold of the Beautiful. Ex- excellent you know, guest on that back. show, yeah. Right? Excellent guest yeah, on the so, uh, excellent guest. Yeah. Wait, have you had Scott on the show? No, no, I haven't. I'm gonna have Scott on the show very soon. But I read the interview oh, and it was like it, it was like packed full of stars. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a, a great piece to be a uh, to be a part of. And then I think a day or two later we got the notification that it was the first time that the word trans masculine had ever appeared in the New York Times. Ever. You're kidding. Really? That's it. Trans yeah. masculine was a, that was the first time? That was the first time. I mean, wow. it, it's been a long time coming. You, you know, you're right. You're right. You, you know, know I, I have, or, or the media has just focused on trans females this entire time, yeah. but not trans yeah. males. That, that is, that is, 
that makes you actually feel bad. It makes you it makes you feel like how naive I am. <laughs> well, I think it's you know it's a very there are probably a lot of layers as to why that is, but you know now going forward, like I. I love that there are, you know, there are a lot of trans men, uh, actors who are uh, able to be open about who they are now. Sure. We're starting to see that more and more. Like, I'm, you know, I have a background in film production. So when I moved out here, I was in film production. And then I got into acting a few years ago. That was um, uh, actually right around the time we did our interview in 2014, right? So yeah, yeah. I think by June 2014, I had my first role as an actor. And it was a theater production out here at... Uh, at a little theater festival that happens in the summertime. And, um, and when I, when I did that, I was like, this is it. It hit me that, you know, I was going to focus on acting now and just kind of focus less on film production, like behind the scenes, it was time to get in front of the camera and be on stage and all that stuff. And which is something I'd always done as a little kid. Um, so, you know, around my big family, you know, my cousins and I, we always used to put shows on and I, and I always used to write these scripts and then cast myself as the main guy in the story, you know, and we'd perform at the at our family weddings right. or at New Year's and and so I always knew as a kid I loved acting, but it felt like something realistically. If I was gonna pursue it, I'd probably end up getting cast as female characters. So I never thought it would be something I'd ever realistically get to pursue. But by twenty fourteen I had already, you know, my facial hair had already started coming in and I thought right. it was actually audition for male roles and so I just I started along that journey and you know it's uh it's interesting because I I did a little bit of theater and then I started taking commercial acting classes and through my commercial acting coach um you know he would have these showcases with different agents so that if you didn't have representation you know he would invite agents who are looking for you know new up-and-coming talent and then uh, you can have a meeting if they're interested in you, right? So I had right. meetings with a couple of agents, and I thought, you know, what do I do? Should I tell them that I'm trans? I mean, they're commercials, so I don't think your gender identity really comes up in, in this commercial for you right. know, Apple or Sprint or anything like that. Right, so, right. But, but I thought if they Google me, and we, you and me had just done our interview, and so I was pretty – I was open about who I was. But I just didn't know if now as an actor, you know, doing, like, is it relevant? Should I tell them? And I made the decision. I was like, I would never want them to sign me not knowing and then find out later somehow through something else and it be an issue. So I thought even though it's, um, you know, you feel it's an industry thing, it's work, you know, I just felt like I have to be open and, uh, I have to learn how to how to have this conversation with them. So I go into the meetings and I would say, look, because um, even my commercial acting coach didn't know. There was right. no reason to talk to him about, you know. Why? So Why would you? I went to these, right, you're you're reading copy and you're improving and stuff. So it's like, yeah. where do you talk about this? With yeah, you know? it, it has no so place. I went to these meetings. Yeah, it had no place. And but with the agents, it's like you're building a relationship with them. Hopefully, and so I, you know, I remember I was sitting down, and I'm I'm with the same agency, and I, uh, you know, that I started with, and I remember telling my commercial uh, agent in our first meeting, you know, I am trans, and I, you know, I want you to to be aware of that because if you Google me, you're gonna find out anyway. And right. uh, she said, well, what what would you want us to submit you for? And I I threw it right back at her, and I said, what would you submit me for? And she said, 
<laughs> I would want to submit you for whatever role you look the part for. And I said, that's perfect. Cause that's, that's really what right. I wanted to hear. And, you know, we've had a great relationship and, I, and since then I got signed with them on their theatrical side um, and they've been incredible and supportive. And, you know, that's, that's the best case scenario that you could hold for. You know, I, I want to ask you a very specific question because I, I know I know my personal answer to it. It's, it's kind of aggressive, <laughs> but what is it? What is your sure. personal answer to people who, who would ask you if this is a choice, a choice that you made to be trans? Now, my answer is that that's insane. That's insane. That anybody would choose to be different than anybody else is insane to me. That your path is is so glorious and so complex and you go through 20 times more issues than, than I, I, I went through myself. I mean, I, I went through my own issues of questioning myself as a boy. And, you know, I, I also had my questions of whether I'm gay or straight. I always had, but, but yours seems to be insanely complex. What would you say to the one ignoramus that is listening to you right now that it, that, that may ask you, Hey, is this a choice? I would I would probably ask them, like, did you choose your identity? Like, mm-hmm. did you choose to be who you are, or did it just was it just something that felt like it was always the case? Right. And um, you know, for me, it was just always the case. And because right. uh, I, I did, I did try to quote unquote unchoose it, but it's. You made like that, that very. You yeah. made that very clear that yeah. you tried to unchoose that, and that's the reason why I mentioned that because I saw that as, as one of yeah. the questions that came up here, and I'm like, if you were listening to the listening to the interview, I mean, he already tried to undo what was happening, and that's that yeah. it was not possible. You know, the the next thing you're going to go to is like some kind of church that's going to try to make you a non-gay, which is insane. Right. Which is which we know that those places are insane. Well, like I, you know, I already knew, I did know how terrifying, like that instinct was there as a kid. It's like you read the cues of the world and you're like, I'm different and it's terrifying. It it really is to be terrifying because you know it's going to be, you know, it's going to come with a lot of challenges, Um, you know. And so I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's like if I, I grew up, I grew up feeling like this was a curse. I really grew up feeling like this was a curse. And as I finally came to terms with it, I I really, and I'm being honest with you, Steve, like I really feel like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is like the biggest blessing of my life because it's shown me so much about humanity. Um, It's taught me so much about what we don't know about the universe and, and the mysteries of like why things are the way they are. Kind of like the, the vastness and the and the and the possibility of you know and I am a spiritual guy I hate that you know I don't want yeah. to get too yeah. into all that stuff but I you know just like how much we don't know about our own existence and like what's right. possible it's like diversity all of this is like if there's a creator out there it's like how how like vast and diverse and beautiful and you know is right. that creator to have thought of you know, all this kind of variation in the planet, different plants, different species of all, all different, you know, beings right. came from like a particular source. Now I'm, I'm getting too personal into what like my personal no. beliefs, but like, the, no, I, no, no, I really no, no, like we, we like, want to hear, we want to yeah. hear, we're here to hear, listen to your personal beliefs. And if somebody doesn't want to listen yeah. to your personal beliefs, well, they can shut my radio show off right now. 
because I, I put you on the show <laughs> to, to listen to your personal beliefs. So I don't, yeah. I don't want to hear anything else but that. Okay, great. Good. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I reflect on it, I'm like, um, you know, we, we're taught certain things about in, if we grow up in like a, over, you know, religious community, then, you know, we might be taught about what is right and what is wrong. But right. what I believe we should kind of present people with the way things are and the variations of the way things are and that people decide for themselves what they believe about the world. I mean, we right. all come in here having the right to, you know, understand where did we come from? I think we all ask, where did I come from? Why right. am I here? Like, we all ask these questions, and it's like, let us give each other the breathing room to figure out right. the reasons why we're here. And I think so the true. reason, one of the reasons why I'm here is to be is to be different, is to show a different type of person, a different type right. of man, a different type of masculinity. And it's like, we have to have room for this stuff so we feel whole you know right right yeah. well you know without without mentioning any any politicians let's talk a little bit about politics for a second here because i yeah. I, I really don't want to date my show by talking about somebody in office right now but with, with yeah. all the all the yeah. oh, you know what i mean i, I don't i don't want to do that because it's just ridiculous but you know with all the questions coming up right now, with all the politics coming out right now, with all the misunderstandings going right now, and people going against the, the LBGQ community, well, that's a really hard thing to get out of my mouth. I'll be honest with you. That is really hard to get that out of my <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find an abbreviation. I know. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, but, but, you yeah. know, when, when you, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, please just somebody find me some synonyms for this. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but you know, when, when you look at, when you look at the government, when, when you look at what's going on right now with, with a lot of hesitation and a lot of, uh, a lot of um, backlash, how do you, how do you feel about that? How, how, how does that make you feel as a trans person? You know, um, it sucks. It really, it really does suck. Uh, you would hmm. think, you would think, look, yo, we're in 2020. For how long are we gonna kind of say the same ignorant stuff? You know, <laughs> um, we want, you know, every, we want to see progress. We want to see moving forward. And I think, look, right. people are taught right from a young age to have certain beliefs. But right. at some point, I think, like, observe, talk to people. Like, if you're if you're gonna have a judgment about something you have no experience with. Why are you not having a conversation with somebody that does? Why are you not hmm. asking somebody what it's like for them? Like we're talking. Why are you not educating yourself? Day. Yeah. Why are you not educating? Why do you think you're an authority on something that you've never experienced? You hmm. know what I mean? And so I think yeah. if we if we kind of start thinking that way and approach approaching with a sense of curiosity, look, we're growing up, we're going to school, we're curious, we're learning things. Just learn, man. Just like open your eyes open your ears, stop talking, and learn. And I think right. if we do that, then we can kind of start making a little bit more room for people. Like, yeah, it's tough. Like, we're in a, we're in a really difficult time politically right now. We're not focused we on some of the issues that are, you know, you know, af- affecting us as a society, as a globe, like, we're, because we're, we're taking up these personal battles that it's like it doesn't right. have a place in politics. Well, all you these know? rights that we used to have are being taken away. You know, I mean, when, when, yeah. when, when, 
when the right to marry a person of your choice first came into order, President Obama was in office, and they were celebrating that day. And now they're celebrating the, the days where they're, they're kicking people out of the military office for being trans or gay. And it's like yeah. you're, you're, you're talking about a person who basically sacrificed their existence to go out and shoot an enemy that they know nothing about, and you're going to judge them based upon how, how they perceive themselves or their se- sexual proclivities? That makes, that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really unfortunate. It's re- but I look. This is why I appreciate what you're doing right now. You know, someone who identifies as trans. You know, other yeah. people do, and you're you have a platform. You have an audience, yeah. and you're like, let's have a conversation. I oh, think absolutely. Um, I think that's great, and I, and that's the power of. I think that's the power of storytelling. That's kind of why. Like I got into like so I, I got you know I minored in I, I majored in marketing and I minored in film but I wanted to nice. pursue film because I'm like there's such a value and a power in that storytelling ability where we can experience life in a way where it's like through other characters through people that that wasn't my personal experience but I get it now because I empathize with this person's journey or their story you know what I mean yeah. Um, you know, Sean, we're so we're running out. Yeah. We're we're running out of time. <laughs> no, I can I can I literally so I, I know I literally wish I had another hour. We we have thirty minutes left, so I I need to get to the bare bone questions. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, yeah, I, it was, you know what's interesting is that we 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 definitely got, uh, you know, we had a little mix up audience. So we had a little mix up at the very beginning of this episode where I had bringing the show to ten thirty. I think all of you know that. And the, 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 really the, the issue here is I, I didn't know if I can fill two hours of, of time uh, in this conversation because I wanted, to, I wanted to be very careful. I wanted to be very respectful. And I wanted to ask you questions that were, that were very in line. But you're so easy to talk to. And you're, you're, your energy is so bright and so light that I can literally talk to you about this stuff for hours because, because you are able to articulate your existence and articulate your experience. And that's what people really want is things to be explained. What do you, what do you want for your future as, as an actor in Hollywood or a director or a writer or, or whatever, you, whatever you choose to be? Well, uh, I'm actually, I'm, so I'm pursuing, um, you know, it's pilot season right now, which I'm super excited about. So I'm, I'm looking to get out there a little bit more for, for some of the shows that are casting. And I'd love to do television. Um, I do have a background in production, so I'm actually writing as well right now. I just finished writing a short with a friend of mine yeah. who will be filming pretty soon. And then I was writing a series that we're, um, we're going to explore the idea of possibly doing it as a feature film, I think, with independently produced, short form series there's still a uh, marketplace is a little bit tough right now um, are you are you doing a, are you doing a story on your life no um the series is a fictional fictional uh, secret agent show and because oh. uh, i love i love watching secret agent stuff when i was growing up and so and i <laughs> i went to the space by the way for anyone in your audience i don't know if you have any east coast people but we do. Uh, over the holidays, yeah. i was in washington dc and yeah. I went to go see the International Spy Museum. Which oh, yeah. I love like that place. the coolest. Have you been there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. 
so cool. And they have they have a huge gift shop. And I picked up a book about spies and about like things spies do and how to be a spy. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Right. <laughs> and so right. anyway, so the series is a secret agent show, and I, you know, I I I love learning and I love developing and I love um, you know, I want to continue to just kind of develop my my skills as an actor and um. And keep learning about about humanity. So I'm writing right now. I, I'd love to um, produce my own stuff mm. and have it, you know, reach a wide audience and make a living doing it. You know, that's where I'm at right, right now. I, I want to, you know, get cast in some TV shows like legal, you know, dramas like How to Get Away with Murder. I love that show. I oh, feel that's like a great so, show. <laughs> man, I could I could watch like. 10 episodes because at the end of every episode, yeah. you so hooked in. I know. Um, you know, I just watch it on repeat, but yeah. It's, I it's hate that. It, well it reminds me of Battlestar Galactica with Portlandia where it's like, I'm just going to watch one more episode. <laughs> just one more episode. Yeah. Like, you're like it's three episodes more. deep. I'm like, wow, my life is like leaving soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I know. That's true. Uh, but yes, I want to stay in this, in this, you know, in entertainment as long as I can, but not just, um, I, I think it's important to, uh, to write, especially now today as an actor, you know, it's important to write and um, create stuff that you feel will be a vehicle for you right. and roles that you want to do. Cause I like, guess it's, it's cool to get cast in other things. It's, um, and it's also cool to kind of just sit and say, what are the types of characters I would want to play and try and create that for yourself. You know, if I may give you a suggestion, and I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> but if if, if yeah, you write if if you write your life story and and you even even as a comedy or a drama, any way you want to make it, I I would absolutely give you my twenty bucks to go see that because your your life oh, sounds incredibly you. interesting, and I would love to see your take on how you perceived those situations and how you perceived how yeah. other people perceived you as well. Because you have such an interesting yeah. story, it, it feels very filmatic. It feels very cinematic. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, yeah. um, well, so that's what I what I try to do with my writing is to really look at, you know, even if it's a story about a secret agent, it's like, okay, where's my where's my experience in my life, like coming into right. play with like what this character is going to go through. You know, he he's a secret agent who's trans, and yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like. It never goes away. Like being transgender never goes away. Right, I remember, right. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, it was over the holidays. My dad, my dad's so funny, man. He was like, he was like, why do you keep talking about it? And I was like, pop. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, it's like, it's just not, I'm not just suddenly your son. Like I'm not right. just your son all of a sudden. It's like there, there are layers right. and there are nuances. And so, like, now he's like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know? Was he, he, he making the assumption that transgender and vegans are the same? Don't worry, they'll tell you what they are? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry. Don't know you don't have to ask means. a vegan if they're vegan. They'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, I guess. But, but yeah, man, like, so, so, but I do want to like work with a character who's like he's he's got this career, he's got this mission, he's got these things he's got to do, and then his being trans is still a part of his identity. And it's like, how how is he different? You know, how does right. he look at the world differently? And so, you, you know, so what that reminds me of it reminds me of that it reminds me of that yeah. song Genghis Khan. Have you heard that song Genghis Khan? 
that I can't say that I have. Ooh, Genghis Khan. Um, God, I don't remember anymore, <laughs> but I listen to it almost every day. It's a story about – they made the music video about a – murderous guy who has like a James Bond character inside of a, inside of a, uh, oh. a trap machine. And he goes home to his wife and wife and children and he's unsatisfied. And what he finds out is that he's in love with the guy that he's captured and they both get together in the very end. So it's, it, it sounds, oh. it sounds a little, it sounds like a little, like you saw the music video and I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Angus, Angus Cole, you love you love the music video. You love it. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a person a long time ago that asked me to write a script, and he was he he was anti-gay. I mean, I mean, about as anti-gay as you can possibly get. And when he told me to write a story, that was a story I was gonna write him. <laughs> oh wow! I was gonna write, okay. I was gonna, yeah, because he you really pissed me off. So I was gonna write a story about a really big gang lord who fell in love with one of his people with one of the guys that he captured. <laughs> and I wanted to make that Did point of like, Oh, he would oh, do it. No. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer. He would do it. And the, the, yeah. the point that I was trying to make was like good cinema. Cinema is cinema. If people are involved, they're involved. Nobody gives a damn what you are. I mean, when, they, when it comes down to it, it comes down to dollars, cents, and, and what people enjoy watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's a business. It is a business. It is a business. And, and if you're writing characters that people can empathize with and stories that are well-crafted, I think you're, you know, you're going to be set from a business yeah. perspective, you know, and you're able to get it out there. And obviously the networking and all of that stuff, you know. Um, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. watching Hollywood today. And it's like this is the first trans character on a. This is the first gay character in a story. It's like oh my god! Like what? Am I living in 1936? Like could we have right, like the yeah. first like alien on a TV show now, please? <laughs> you yeah, know? you know the whole thing about the first this and the first that. I personally I don't like that. You know why? Because yeah. I'm like, how do you know? So many people before. Yeah, I know. So many people before that even like allowed for. <laughs> Allow for the space. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, exactly. It's like people we we might know over people we might not. So like the idea. That's like of saying like this is the first. Anything. This is the first. Gay, this is the first gay sailor. Like really, that's the first gay right, sailor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're gonna go you're gonna go on. You're gonna make movies that that represent you that that you like. You're working on this new film right now. Uh, is is your is your acting also still in process? Are you still do, going through the acting yeah. sphere? And oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so yes, acting is still. I I did two like really awesome series uh, last year. One is up on YouTube. One is actually releasing. It's it's been playing in different festivals and it's releasing in just a couple weeks. I think at the end of February she's going to drop the first episode. So I'll tell you what both of the shows are. One is oh, called great. Razor Tongue. And uh, it's up on YouTube. The whole thing is up there by the brilliant razor creator. Tongue. Uh, razor tongue, like the tongue in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, Razor Tongue is on YouTube, and uh, the creator Rain Valdez. It's a, the story is about this woman that has a series of problematic interactions with different guys, and she kind of like lets them have it, you know, at the end of each episode. So I'm in episode one. We're on a date together, and I'm apparently so excited to be on this date 
that I just I ask her questions, but I don't let her finish. I keep cutting her off. I keep interrupting oh. her. And then by the end of the episode, she just kind of rips into me a little bit. And um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> razor tongue. Uh, razor tongue. Yep, yep. And what's, and the, what's the next the one? Other show, the other show is called These Thems. And um, it's T H E S E V's thems. So this is for anyone who's you know kind of wondered, but it's like it's a very LGBTQ friendly, hilarious show. It's a comedy, and it's about these four characters. It's like it's like Friends but queer. So you know, yeah. four people in New York. They're all different identities in the spectrum. And the main character, you know, we call this main girl. She discovers at, you know, 30 you, years you, old, she's like, oh, my God, I'm a lesbian. And did she's you like, say, she has you no idea. Friend, did you say friends but queer? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <There> were, <laughs> oh, my God. Please continue with your story. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we still live in New York. We, you know, we... The couple of us from LA, you know, they flew us out there. We filmed it out there, and uh, it was like it's an eighty-page, it was an eighty-page script, and we knocked it out in like eleven or twelve days. Like it was a quick shoot, you know, awesome cast of people. Um, it's a comedy, which I love that, you know, it has so many teachable moments, and it does it with levity and with humor. So the website is thesethems.com, but they're going to drop the first episode on YouTube. It's going to be on another channel. Yeah. Yeah. So what she's doing, she's releasing like week to week. Uh, You know, so it's not all episodes won't drop all at once. She's going to do like the weekly release. And then we are, we're going to Vegas for a, for a convention in mid April where they're screening it. And, um, and I think it's supposed to, our last episode is going to drop like around that time also. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a, a fun show. I think people will really, really like it. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the very few people, I, I think a lot of people do, but for me, when I watch Queer Eye on, on Netflix, I, I actually cried a couple of times. I've teared up a couple of times, so I can't wait for this show. And when you said friends, but queer, I'm like, I want to see that show right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know I mean, what you mean, and I, I cry in Queer Eye. I take notes. Yeah, like, you? Okay, how do I want my apartment to look? But then I'm fine. <laughs> well, you know, when, you, when they get very personal with people and they yeah. start talking about their life and what they're going through and they're so empathetic and intuitive and you get the haircut and you get the, you know, how are you feeling about what you're going through? I mean, you're, they're going through the entire cycle. And, and it, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't break my heart. It just it, ma- it makes me fall in love with these people. Like I, I want to see more of this positivity. This is the best yeah. thing I've seen in a very long time. So, so you're so you're doing show. that now. What's the show that you're talking about? The, the queer 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 for friends. What's the name of the show? The friends but queer. Okay, so that's called <laughs> that show is called <laughs> these thems. These thems. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I didn't even know if that was right. I don't know if you know if I'm gonna be blasted for saying that out loud, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's like how dare you oh, say that? Oh, the word queer. The word queer. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Sorry. No, I, this is something I wanted to tell you early on. Okay, so um, queer has become like an umbrella term, kind of like because 
you get LGBTQIA. Oh, an umbrella but, term. You know, oh, I get it. Right? So it's like an umbrella term. But, um, so, you know, obviously it, it has roots. Uh, its roots are, you know, it was used in a very, like, um, offensive way before, and the community has kind of reclaimed the term. So it's more of a positive term now. Um, though, it's interesting because I know with folks in the community, like we'll say queer, like pretty, you know, casually. And I don't know if you're straight and cisgender, how you use it. I don't know. But you're fine. You're fine. We're fine right now. For anyone who's listening, <laughs> he's good. I give Steve the approval. <laughs> like, it's all good. <laughs> Thank you for that approval, Raiden. I appreciate it. You know, the, 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 key, uh, the key thing to have a platform, the key thing to talk to people is, is to have the most respect, get their, story, get their stories as clean and as articulate as possible, and to be as compassionate mm-hmm. as possible when you're talking to people. Because for me, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy these conversations with people. This is one of the very few conversations I've had with somebody where it's kind of an emotional train where, you know, yeah. it kind of breaks my heart to hear certain things that you say. So it's a, it comes a little yeah. personal to me. Where, where I listen to actors and I listen to painters and people like that, it's, it's a little I, – I listen to what they have to say, but we have similar adventures, similar, sure. or, you know, moments. But this one is more like – Wow, I can't believe you worked so hard to just be alive. That that's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and you worked so hard to be who you are today. I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. Um it's Thank the you. only thing I can really say, uh, to be honest with you, after after a long conversation. But uh look, tell me what, what, what you know, listen, there's somebody out here and just like Noah, let's just say Noah. Noah's out here and she's She's young and she's going through transitions and she, she's below the age of, of teenage years almost now. She's about 13 years old. So, so she's becoming a teenager. Do, do you have any advice for her or what she's going through? A lot of times she takes things very personal because people have a lot of – at that age, they have a lot of hate speech and what have you. So that affects her a sure. lot and, and it really makes her angry. So when you see a lot of – you know, Instagram stories, it's a lot of like, keep your mouth shut and, and that's not appropriate. And what, what, what advice do you have for her going through her life right now? Man, the one thing I, I can empathize with someone being so young and uh, not maybe not having a whole lot of options with uh, who they're surrounded by. But I would say if it's, you know, as much as possible, try and surround yourself with people who love and support you and try and distance yourself from people who don't. And that includes, you know, messages on social media, you know, things that you might read. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to be as surrounded by um, support uh, at, at all stages of life, but especially when you're younger, you know. Right. So, which, again, that's – it's she may, she may not have a whole lot of options, Um are you talking about someone like one of your audience members right now? Or are you talking about? Uh, no, I'm talking. Yeah, she's an audience member right now. She's she's listening right now, okay. but 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 oh, she's okay. also gotcha. a friend as well. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, you, know, you, can see her, you can see her photographs it, on my Instagram right now. Actually. You know, I 
I don't have Wi-Fi right now. I'm in my apartment and I'm on the phone, and I don't, I can't pull up Instagram while I'm on the phone. As, you know, as much as we progress with technology, that is painful, man. Something. Yeah, <laughs> that is painful. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I gotta get my yeah. Wi-Fi, but um, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I would say like it's important to be sort of surrounded by love. Um, yeah. Um, and if if Noah is in LA, um, there are a lot of resources here. There's uh, there are youth services programs at the LGBT Center down, uh, you know, in Hollywood. Um, so hopefully, and hopefully wherever Noah is, there are resources. Is is Noah based here in LA? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, good. Yeah, there's a there's um, there's some good youth services, and I think. Um, It'd be important to to make sure that that the services and support that she are accessible to is her. It, is, yeah. it, is it important to listen to other people, or is it important just to stand on your own? Is it important to listen to that negativity, or is it important just to push through that negativity? Should you confront that negativity, or should you just make your own positivity? Look, sometimes you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, especially if you're in school and someone's saying something to you, sometimes you don't have a choice. You want to walk away or you want to, you know, I, I empathize. I really do. Um, where the option is there, look, my route has been where the option is there. If I feel like it's impacting me in a way where it's not making me feel good about who I am or bringing me down or depressing me, then I'm like, I, I just want space. I want space from it so I can kind of come back right. to and see there's other things in life. Um, also, the one thing I do want to say too, uh, for for no one, for some of the other, um, you know, trans people in your audience, is that your voice is so important. And right. today, whatever your struggle that you might be going through, it's happening for a reason. It's happening for a reason. And I'm willing to bet anything that as you go through what you're going through, you're going to meet somebody else one day that needs your help and, and needs your voice and needs you to figure it out because they're going to be in that spot at some point too, you know? Right. So, um, so you have, you already have a lot of strength within you. Um, remember that. So, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for being on today. Our audience wants to know how, how they can get in touch with you, how they can reach you, how they can see all of your progress. What, what do you have lined sure. up for us? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I am on Instagram. I, I have this, you know, relationship with social media that I, I'm not a, someone that posts every day. Um, I try and post and let people know what's going on, but, like, I like to have a healthy balance with it. You know what I mean? But I am on Instagram. I love it. Um, it's my, my Instagram handle is at Sean Dasani, and it's S-H-A-A-N-D-A-S-A-N-I. And my website is SeanDasani.com, and there's a contact form on there if anyone wants to reach out uh, directly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Sean, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much about your, your heroism and your bravery throughout going you throughout your issues. Thank you so much for sharing a lot of incredibly personal stories about your life and using your platform for such a positive aspect of, of our, our journey together as human beings. Thank you so much. No, I had a, um, you, you asked a lot of great questions. So I, I appreciate having this conversation with you and being able to share so much with your audience. And definitely appreciate all the people that tuned in today. So it was, it was a uh, great, 
a great show, and I'm, I'm wishing you a lot of success, man. Thank you, my friend. Why don't you hold on a little second while I say more positive things about you? But that that was Sean Dasani. We're so glad to have her on. We're so glad to have him on today. Uh, Sean, hey, by the way, take care of that beard of yours. Hey, thank you, you too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, my friend. Have a great, great, great day. Take care. Thank you. Now, that was Sean Dasani. What, what an excellent human being to have a great conversation with about change, evolution, who we are as a people, how we grow, how to accept people. It's an incredible process. You heard Sean, you heard him talk about his father, his mother, how they first met. That's what, that was unconventional. The unconventional birth, having three three daughters, one making a transition into being a man. He shared all these stories with us that were incredibly personal. And I can understand why somebody would hold back and not want to share those ster- stories with everybody. Some things are just personal. Some things are they're like coals of fire and you just want to keep it to yourself because they burn. But he was very, very brave. From growing up as a as a female to becoming a male to 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 trans to to working on film to finding themselves to going through therapists to trying not to be gay, trying not to be trans. I don't even understand the process that that it even begins, and and I, this is the great journey we we are all on is to understand, love, and respect each other. It's the reason why we ask these questions. We want to love and respect each other. Sean Dasani, you are a class act. God bless you, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for the audience for being here today. Such an enlightening episode. God bless you all. Have a great weekend. This is Steve Pisa on Central Files Radio. Thank you for joining us today.
Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend.